Fans about films. Nerdy and informative. Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of Fans About Films. I am your host, Lasse Vogt, and today's very special guest is another wonderful composer. He is a Dutchman who did the music for a number of varying projects, with his newest score from this very year being actually one of the best I've heard in 2018. I'm incredibly happy to welcome him on this show, Mr. Machis Kibom. I hope I pronounced the name right. I should have asked you before. <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, you know, it's very funny, being a composer, not from the UK or America, you get a lot of interesting variations on your name. But the Dutch way to say it is, it's Matthijs Kibom. Matthijs Kibom. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> Already <laughs> off to a great start. <laughs> Screwed it up immediately. <laughs> There's no problem. You can call me whatever you want. Okay, but... <laughs> Damn it, I wanted, I wanted to ask you beforehand and, and I forgot. That's so typical. <laughs> But the most beautiful version I heard was in my last name. There was Kaboom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a very interesting, interesting, like, here's Matthias Kaboom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, for, for Americans, I'm pretty sure it's uh, pretty hard. Yes, yes. Like, I, I would sue the Michael Bay movie, I guess, if I have the last name like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, my God. That's amazing. So, um, little... Uh, Little backstory for this interview. Um, I uh, discovered your work through um, the reviews on moviemusicuk.us because I saw a review of your of your score for the documentary Wild, mm. and yeah. I um, what I read what sounded very very encouraging, and I was like, ah, I should listen to this, and then I. Um, <laughs> And then I bought the score, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is absolutely amazing!" And then I immediately, uh, pretty much, I just shared the score on Twitter, and you liked it and retweeted it. And then I wrote you, "Would you be interested in an interview?" And you immediately said yes. So within the same day, discovering the score, listening to it, falling in love with it, <laughs> and then contacting you and all of that, it all worked out within the same day, which was pretty amazing. <laughs> The miracles of the of the modern day uh, electronic era, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But, yeah. No, it's. I think it's. It's a nice. I mean, first of all, thank you for your compliment because, uh, of course, it's always nice when people enjoy your music. But it's. Um, yeah, if people address your music on social media, it's 
it's you know it's nice to react on this um, because you know I'm I'm proud of, of what I do and I'm I'm happy to thank people for 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 you know if you like it thank you very much so, oh yeah, yeah absolutely I love discovering new stuff of course and when I uh, went back and saw your uh, filmography and uh, went through it too and it's uh, no it's, it's it's always great finding. Um, quote-unquote new talents because you've done this for a little while now but you just mm -hmm. uh, hadn't crossed my radar until recently um but no it's uh, it's 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 really really cool you know f f finding people and <laughs> and actually being able to uh, talk to them about their work yeah it's it's, it's lovely you know and, and yes of course uh, i'm i'm not a, a mainstream composer because the most of the stuff i do is is only uh, uh coming out in the netherlands so far um so you know it's lovely because of spotify and and people writing reviews that your music is is like detached from the from the movie itself only in my own country and gets a little bit more attention and it's uh, very humbling to to experience this Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have to say I haven't watched uh, the film itself yet, but I but I will seek it out as soon as possible. Yeah, would be great. I game. think there's a there, there will be an international release as well with an American voiceover. So oh, yeah. um, it's of course a documentary about the Dutch nature, but they're they're releasing it internationally, I guess. Oh yeah, that's great. And also um, in, in Germany, nature uh, nature documentaries are pretty big, so I'm pretty sure there will be yeah. uh, something. Uh, akin to that <laughs> sure 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 in that case we're almost neighbors i guess so uh from holland and germany so no that's uh, probably they're gonna release it there as well yeah. Okay. yeah that's true absolutely um so um yeah thank, thank you for uh, saying yes to this little chat so on on such a short notice i really didn't expect uh something to happen until like uh next year january maybe no, but then I'm busy right now. <laughs> I have a little bit more time. <laughs> but yeah, but that's that's totally awesome. So I would uh, first off, I of course would uh, would really like to hear um, uh, what exactly was the start of your career as a composer. As far as I can remember, I was very into music. I guess when I was three or four, my my father bought uh, you know. Uh, the the Walkman, the the cassette players, that uh, um, uh, but but something like that for me, and and I I had the best of Queen on this cassette player, oh. on this portable cassette player. So as a three year old, I was walking down the street with Queen on my ears, and um, so I was I was always very into music. And then at one point, my parents, you know, when you get around six or seven, my parents said, okay, do, do you want to do something sports or instrument? So I said, of course, I want to do instruments. I want to make music and um, I started out as a cello player uh, because I want to do double bass but uh, I was too small I mean when you're seven you're a little bit too small for a double bass or contrabass <laughs> or, um, uh, so I started cello because it has the same shape um, little did I know that it was a completely different instrument at the time so a couple of years later two years later around nine or ten my brother was uh, was a drummer and I thought okay um, cello is nice but I want to be in bands you know I want to stand on the stage as a, as a bass guitar player so I, I switched to bass guitar and because I was pretty young um, I enrolled at the pre-conservatory where I where I studied uh, um, my normal high school and conservatory together um, and that was a very interesting time in my life because you're 14 15 16 17 and you're only making music and and I was completely I, I did not uh, pay any too much attention to the normal 
normal high school um, um, things they were teaching there. I was just focused on music and that was lovely. I learned a lot of this, but the more theoretical backgrounds and, and also a little bit of composition tricks and then also it was a lot about art history and also a little bit about movies. But eventually I got kicked out of the school because I screwed up my high school for the third year in a row, I guess. Oh. So, so I did a normal education then and it, it, the first year of the normal education, I realized, okay, you know, it's good for me to, to take a step back from the music, but I realized that, you know, I, I just want to make music, but not as a performing artist. So I want to create. I, I really enjoyed the process of producing records and arranging stuff. So I was, yeah, I was pretty, I think around 17, I, I knew the puzzle fit, fitted together, you know. I had a big love for movies, I had a big love for music, so why not combine it? And, you know, when I was 17, I just started um, studying myself, reading a lot of scores, uh, watching movies over and over and over again, making notes about what is the music doing, but also what is the editing and the cameraman doing, um, because it's all connected. And that was a very important time in my life. And I think when I was 21, I was picked up by a Dutch uh, media composer who composed a lot of music for TV shows. You know the opening of, uh, for example, the the eight o'clock news or the the game show. So I did that a lot, and and I also started composing a little bit for movies um, at that point. And yeah, from there on, since I was twenty one, I've yeah I've been composing for media, and I guess since five four years somewhere in my late twenties twenty seven twenty eight, um, yeah it, it began it, it began to be to become more serious and. And I won a couple of awards around that time uh, in Poland on a festival, uh, another festival, uh, as like a Young Talent Award. And of course, this helps as well. And yeah, from there on, it became more serious. And, and right now, I'm just a full-time film composer, which uh, I'm very, very uh, thankful and grateful to, to be right now at this place at my 33 years old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely amazing. Um, it's uh, it's really great uh, hearing those kinds of stories and and some of that can actually be very very inspiring and it's I think it's always interesting how um, how different some of our stories go you know what, what yeah that's also the hard thing because since uh, since a couple of months I started as a teacher at the conservatory I, I, one day in two weeks I'm, I teach about film music at the conservatory here um, and and of course the first question people are asking you okay how, how do I become a film composer but there's not not an answer to this you know when people have their degrees when they're done studying you're not a film composer yet you have the tools you have knowledge but you're not a film composer yet and it's very funny to see how if you for example break down on the career of Ennio Morricone or Hans Zimmer or John Williams or whoever uh, big shot uh, um, it's all it's all a different way you know it's never the same route Yeah, yeah, that's 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 exactly right. And I, I interviewed a couple of composers where it was like you know classical background, and some of them, uh, you know, rock background, and then just you know slipping in sometimes. You know, sometimes yeah. just learning by doing and trying something out. It's very very different each time. And that's that's interesting, and I think it it all comes down uh, because some composers, of course, um, are you know, don't know they want to be a film composer until they do this, you know, some of them don't see this as a, as a um, when they started out as something possible, and then suddenly you're composing movie, or music for a movie, and then you're a film composer, but if you know you want 
to be a film composer, I think it's also very important to be creative in this part, you know, how to uh, set up your career. Because yeah, you, you don't only have to be creative about your music, but also about your career and what you want to do and how you're going to do this. Mm -hmm. It always interests me if uh, with certain composers, if there was like a special inspirational um, moment. Oh you yes, know? there was. <laughs> and so, so, so what was it for you? <laughs> no, I... I really, I really had like this eureka moment, you know, where I was, I, I stopped doing conservatory and I started to do a normal uh, education. I studied management and, um, and there was one week um, where I saw three important mo movies, for, or it turned out to be three important movies for me. It was Sleepy Hollow with the score of Danny Elfman, <sighs> in Interview with a Vampire um, by uh, Elliot Gonthal, but also the movie Atlanta. Disney movie that didn't really do well, uh, but beautiful score by James Newton Howard. And all three of those movies, the music is very prominent in the mix. So within one week, I saw those three movies with all like big scores. And, and I this, this was for me, I don't know what day it was, maybe a Friday evening, you know, when, I, when you watch, watch the third movie, you're like, I, I think I know what I want to be. Come, you know, I want to, <laughs> I want to, I want to do this. This is awesome. This is music, this is movie, and this is, wow, what a great stage to get your music at and, and your music to be supportive of a movie. How, how amazing is that? And, and still, those three scores, especially uh, Goldenthal and James Newton Howard, those, those two, two composers, composers really are still, for me, very important uh, uh, in a way. And, of course, when you, when you find out, um, when you hear these things, and you get to study them a little bit more, and you go deeper, and you, you end up at Bernard Herrmann or Jerry Goldsmith. You know, those guys become your heroes again, you know? So so it's it was, for me, around that period, uh, uh, those three movies, like, uh, lit up a candle uh, uh, in myself, okay, what do I want to do? And from there, it, it was just a wild ride of discovering new things every week, and, and realizing, oh, there are people are writing books about, about this music, you know? And, oh, people are writing studies about how to become a film you know so I was those two or three years were amazingly very 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 important for my knowledge and my my whole yeah becoming a film composer oh yeah those are some great scores to to start with and to fall in love <laughs> with like um, my favorite my absolutely favorite composer is actually Danny Elfman and uh, mm. and uh, his Sleepy Hollow is one of my favorites especially because it's it's so ironic in the opening credits when his name comes up the music actually swells and this a big crescendo yeah. you know he gives himself yeah. a little nod yeah. there it's it's so no that <laughs> score is really amazing Goldenfall is a musical genius, of course, too, and James Newton Howard is one of my yeah. favorites as well. Atlantis is, is a great score. I, uh, I had the pleasure of meeting, uh, of knowing Elliot a little bit. He's not only an interesting composer, but he's a very interesting and great human being. You know, he, this guy is, he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, and, and you hear this in his course as well. When you hear Interview with a Vampire, from a composer's point of view, uh, you hear that this guy does not compose on samples you know in your computer this guy composes on pen and paper and he knows exactly 
what the orchestra or certain instruments can do. And you also know what they cannot do in a normal way, but, but how to let them... For example, he, he does a couple of things with, with the brass section, which, you know, you only, you only know that these French horns or, or trombones can do this because you studied those instruments, you know, you know them, what they can do. And you hear this with, with Elliot Goldthal very much, and that's, that's lovely. Oh yeah, yeah. There's actually something in in uh, the, the film music community. There's something called the simply the golden fall horns, um, <laughs> <laughs> because it's so because it's so distinct. And the new in the solo soundtrack by John Powell that came out this year, um, there are some instances where he where he kind of uses the golden fall horns. And so I mentioned that in my review, yeah. and I was like. Uh, and and I read some other reviews, and I was like, oh, other people mentioned this too, so they immediately know what you're talking about when you mention golden firehorns. And he's he's such a he's he's a he's a mysterious man in a way. But but the first time I met him, we got introduced, and we 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 almost pulled the all nighter, I think, till five or six in the morning, drinking beers and talking about operas and. and Aaron Copeland and, and Wagner and it is, it's such an amazing guy really oh yeah yeah but you can clearly see that uh, there's some classical inspiration going on in this work oh, and he yes. did so many very yes, films too yeah absolutely no, so, so these these especially uh, especially Goldenthal and Newton Howard uh, in the beginning were, were hugely important to me yeah, yeah, not 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 bad influences at all, you know. <laughs> Clearly, yeah, no, it's a good way to start. Yeah, I think I told the story before in this podcast, but um, I actually you had your um, little get together with uh, get going for yeah, last year. I had the chance to uh, meet Danny Elfman at one of his concerts, mm. and wow. uh, uh, had the uh, had the chance to very very briefly go backstage, shake his hand, and uh, he. Uh, signed some of my booklets and I could actually tell him in person how big of a fan I was and he was very very nice and humble and was a great experience for a yeah. fan like me <laughs> I, I, he, he almost looks shy a little bit when when, when I see him in, in public things you know that he's a sh very shy person and, until he's on stage and then he of course becomes his performer but but he seems like a very shy and honest person lovely person to be with i guess yeah yeah absolutely i had the i had the same feeling as well but it was it was a great experience yeah. you know hearing him performing what's this with the orchestra live <laughs> yeah, that's, some... i can imagine that's great oh yeah that's something very special when you grew up with uh, his music he was one of my gateways into into film scoring him and uh, a few yeah. other people but he especially was very very important on that uh, yeah. road to fandom and yeah and as a as... A composer. I mean, I met a lot of those guys on, on a couple of film uh, festivals, film music festivals. Let's say, especially in Krakow, in, in Poland, you have a huge festival. Um, and you know, I, I met Hans Zimmer there, Patrick Doyle, Golden Thal, Don Davis, uh, uh, um, all the, all those kind of guys. And what is lovely to see is they're all musical nerds in a way. You know, they're <laughs> all about music. They're not not like putting up a facade or whatever again you know with golden towel till the late hours talking about, about everything but movies but but just music and composition tricks and orchestration tricks that was that's just, just lovely you know and they're all musical nerds in a way yeah i think uh, i think all most people who work in uh in in film and all of that you know they they have to you have to burn for that kind of stuff to to succeed yeah. and, and really 
and, and really and really be uh, be successful and all of that because it's it's just Absolutely. such a demanding business and there's so much stuff going on you have to love this <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, there's you cannot uh, do this for either fame or money because both of them are not important, and both of them are almost not. You know, it's like a utopia, something only if you will, will manage. But but you you can only do this because of your love for storytelling, for composing, for the medium of of movies, of film. You know, this is the only good way how to do this. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um... So, um, because yeah, that's uh, what that brings me to my uh, next question, uh, and uh, you kind of answered it, but but still, like, um, I wanted to know if you listen to other film scores in your free time, and if so, do you have uh, any favorites? Well, to be honest with you, n not a lot anymore, um, because I would rather listen to something else. You have to imagine last two, three years I've, I've been doing movies back to back, you know, um. So what you listen to is either directors uh, making references to other film scores. They use a temp track. Um, but I have to say that when I'm done working for the day and I put on a record or a Spotify or whatever, I mostly listen to something like Philip Glass or, or an old jazz record or whatever, you know, and sometimes very hard rock to get some frustration out. Um, But of course, usually, uh, I, I mean, I have to keep up as well, you know, with what is going on in the industry. And, and um, so, but, but I, if if I listen to something right now, I, I, I mean, I love listening to Johansson, uh, to Alexander Desplat, things like that that are maybe a little bit more calm as well. Mm -hmm. um, the very funny thing is, my uh, my partner, my girlfriend, she's a she has a, a radio show about film music so I try to listen to that of course um, and, and I get my weekly dose of film music uh, because of because of listening to her and her program as well oh yeah oh yeah that's, that's totally understandable you know when, when you do that kind of stuff for a living and and you are very uh, preoccupied with all of that I, I can see why you know uh, at a certain point you, you really can't listen to to a lot of that stuff um, it just on a regular basis you know for for fun uh, because you also yeah well of course there are some classics you know I, I, I love to uh, for example I have I have a couple of Bernard Hermans on vinyl and 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 you know I love to put on the opening track of Vertigo or, or the scene demo or whatever you know that, that's of course that that will never get old that, <laughs> that's always inspiring oh yeah I don't know Bernard Herman always always goes well <laughs> yes yes very much yeah absolutely um, and so, um, uh, because um, because of all of those uh, classic scores and all of that, and you and of, of course you had some um, some inspirational scores that kind of uh, started your career a little bit. But do you have a, a certain composer who you look up to as an inspiration, kind of? Well, uh, of course, Elliot Goldenthal, um, James Newton Howard. I really enjoy his work. Um, I think nowadays Alexander Desplat. Uh, Uh, for me, is is also a very uh, inspiring composer to see, and not only his music, but also um, I always have the feeling that a lot of people from Europe want to go to LA to become a film composer. And for me, this is like a sign um, that if you're staying in your own country and you just work your ass off and and create your own kind of signature style, people will notice eventually. And this is what this blood did, and and and. I 
you know, you can if you hear ten scores, you can pick immediately the Des Plus score out of it. You know, if you hear like all kind of different composers, you can immediately hear which one is Alexander Des Plus. Yeah, and I really appreciate that, and I also think that's very inspiring to. It's something I, I look up to, you know. You don't have to go to LA, and I'm not saying you should not, but but not not everybody needs to go to LA. You can also stay in your own country and develop your own signature, develop your own craft, and you know, as long as you've got to do what you can do, that's beautiful. Um, apart from that, I, I really admire, and I think he's very underappreciated, uh, the composer Theodore Shapiro. Oh yeah. Um, he. He did a lot for the Ben Stiller movies, mm-hmm. and and for example, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I think is a brilliant score, um, and it's also also yeah, he's very diverse. You know, in a score like Tropic Thunder, which is a, a, a comedy, he goes very into battle mode, and, and for a score like Secret Life of Walter Mitty, he goes he goes very intimate uh, with his music and and a completely well, maybe not a completely different style because it's still him, but but in a very a fragile, intimate way, and and I think he's he's wonderful, and I think he's underappreciated. Oh yeah, I I think so too. I I love a lot of his work, especially when he does animation, like the uh, the Artman yeah. the Artman Pirates movie. He did that score incredibly yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, Captain Underpants last year was one of my favorites. Um, yes. Oh yeah, I love I love a lot of his work, and I think he I think he should I think he deserves so much more attention. He was one of the guys I was like he should do a Marvel movie or something, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. No, he's 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 great, and um, um, yeah, and and apart from that, I I listen to a lot of more classical composers like Philip Glass or Penderecki. Uh, you have Wojciech Kilar who did the Bram Stoker's. Dracula, he, he did some amazing stuff. Uh, Michael Nyman, a little bit more from the classical side, and it's not that this is my style of composing, but for me it's like a good in-between of, okay, you're still listening to class or to film composers, but a little bit more classical, and I think it's always very interesting to, to see that. Oh yeah, that's, that's totally a good way. Um, of of doing that, I think yeah, but I I do I I grew up with classical music because both my parents uh, worked in that area, and so I ah, was cool, just yeah. I was just really used to uh, orchestral scores, and um, so it, it was that wasn't a big leap from there to film music, and so it was yeah. very very easy um, to me. You know, grew up uh, listening to operas and some musicals and all of that, so it was. Um, was well, if you easy. listen to 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 some of the Wagner operas, if you if you think away the 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 uh, vocal parts, you have film music, you know, with all the light motifs, with all the themes. If you listen to the ring, um, um, the ring cycles of, of Wagner, I mean, he uses in his first opera, he uses themes, and and throughout the first, second, and third opera, they all come back in different ways you know this is the birth of film music you know, in a way yeah absolutely that's the kind of stuff i grew up with wagner especially yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no yeah. i love it i love it i mean it's sometimes it's controversial to say but i really love wagner oh music. yeah 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 so some some people straight up say you know i don't like wagner and they have they have their yeah. reasons for it but you can't but you can't deny the musical genius of course <laughs> no i fully agree yeah um, so, um, what, uh, which brings me to another uh, question, what would be, and, and, that, and those can be totally separate, of course, but do you have a favorite film, and do you have a favorite score? Well, I, I think it's not really that these things can be separate, because I, I think if a, if a score is really good, it's, it's uh, good in the film, and it's good on its own, 
Um, and for me, a movie like Vertigo uh, of Hitchcock and Bernard Herrmann, but also North by Northwest, both uh, also Hitchcock and uh, Herrmann, are for me, I can watch those movies over and over again and also listen to the music over and over again. But to be honest with you, um, this probably changes a little bit from day to day. You know, I have like a, a list of movies I, I love for the movie together with the music, the whole package. Uh, a movie, um, Empire of the Sun, is, is, is for me a very important movie of Steve Spielberg and John Williams. It's a little bit lesser known. Um, Arrival with Johan Johansson. Um, but also, uh, to be, yeah, you know, I'm Dutch, but, but Basic Instinct, Paul Verhoeven, which is a Dutch director, I think Basic Instinct is a, a great movie with an amazing Jerry Goldsmith score, you know, and, and I've got like 10 of those those movies that probably if you ask me in 10 minutes I will have a different answer you know? <laughs> these oh. change from, from minute to minute oh I, to I totally get that I maybe I might have actually a very very safe top three films um, but with scores it sometimes varies you know I try to put together kind of like an iTunes list top 10 favorite mm -hmm. scores and it's so incredibly difficult I mean it's uh, uh, Number one, number one is easy for me. Both film and score, uh, Fellowship of a Ring, um, okay. by by Howard Shore. That's just yeah. uh, that's just said, and I think it's it's the best score for free. It's the best movie of the free. But uh, in general, favorite movie score would be Lord of Rings trilogy, basically, because they just yeah. work together so well. Kind of like you know, like like the Ring by Wagner. You know, it's <laughs> pretty simple yeah. like that. But. Um, uh, number two is also easy for me. How to Train Your Dragon, John Powell. Um, that's my oh, number that's two brilliant. favorite yeah. score. Yeah. But after that, it gets very, very difficult. I, I really, I'm trying to do a top ten, but it, it varies. It's, it's just there's just I so think, much I great stuff. I think it's probably also very important when you saw a movie or heard heard the music for the first time. Um, for me, I, I remember very well going to. to uh, it's not actually the first. First time I went to cinema, but the first time I was blown away in cinema was was seeing Jurassic Park, um, <laughs> and still and still when I see this movie, I'm I'm still like both movie and music keep, you know, they keep uh, being great <laughs> because sometimes you see a movie and after seeing it three or four times, like yeah, you know, it loses its magic. But for me, Jurassic Park, uh, both both music and movie just keep on being great. Oh yeah, the, uh, one of my earliest experiences like that where I was sitting in the theater and as a kid was blown away by both film and music was uh, Disney's Mulan. Um, oh yeah, Jerry Goldsmith yeah. and seeing uh, you know <laughs> yeah, and then seeing seeing the Hans riding down the hill and all of it. I was I was so yeah. enchanted by that. I, I thought that's, that yeah. was really cool. That made me that made me a little bit of a film music fan too. And uh, later I saw some other stuff and I was like, no, this is this is a genre I, I really want to dive into more. Yeah, absolutely. No. You know, and then, for example, I also around that same time I saw uh, my parents were 
watching uh, Once Upon a Time in America. So not Once Upon a Time in the West, but Once Upon a Time in America. Also Sergio Leone and also Ennio Morricone. And for me, that movie and, and music also, they, they you know, it keep being great. You know, it's, it's a very slow movie, it's a long movie, but, you know, I can watch this movie over and over again, and for me, it doesn't lose its magic. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that that's a very important score too. I listened to that one first uh, in concert, uh, without ah. without much context, and uh, that uh, harmonica theme came up, and I was I was sitting in the, you know, I, I was sitting there in between all of those other people. Yeah, but people. the harmonica theme the harmonica theme is once upon a time in the west. You're talking. Oh, that's great. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, right, uh, right. I <laughs> mis mis mistook both of those. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Different movie. No, so, no, but but it's you know it's um it's beautiful and I, I remember very, very well also hearing this life um, by anyone you know tears were running down my my face <laughs> I could not stop. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Andrew Maricone is also one of those uh, big big geniuses. You can't deny uh, his influence on so many things. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to uh, the, the 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 topic, I. Uh, originally wanted uh, you wanted to talk to you about of course yeah you know um wild um is a nature documentary and i love watching nature documentaries uh, like uh, they so many so many great uh, ones are out there and also a lot of uh, great scores for them as well like uh, something something about them always seems to inspire uh, the composers and i i would be very interested in knowing um what was your uh, process uh, scoring that one Well, um, it's very, very funny because the first time I heard about this documentary, um, I think it was four years ago, the producer uh, of the movie I worked with before, and he called me as we're, we're starting to shoot this movie and we're shooting for three and a half years. Uh, um, are you interested in doing this movie? And, and of course I was, you know, and he was immediately very clear that he wanted an orchestral score. So yeah, sure, um, I was I was very interested in doing this. and. After a year, they started sending me footage, uh, to, you know, uh, um, because I'd like to be involved in, in, in everything. And, I, you know, uh, I, I love um, being attached on the early phase of the production. So in my mind, things already are boiling, you know, I get already get a little bit of ideas here and ideas there. Um, but when the, when the movie was done, um, I get, as we call it, a picture picture lock so the, the picture the movie is locked the edit is locked or at least kind of because they're always changing a little bit um, <laughs> and what was very interesting for me to to experience and I think this is why nature documentary music is very good uh, or very interesting to listen on its own as well that the role of the music is different than in a normal movie um, because in a normal movie you have a lot of dialogue and, and here the music has to fill up the space because there's no dialogue. Of course, there's voiceover every now and then. Um, and what is very interesting is you see animals and they're doing certain things, but you cannot go too close to the animals because then you're then you're creating a Disney movie. You know, if you if you're <laughs> too close, you, if you see a fox walking, you you do like boom, 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 you know, it's like listening to Peter and a wolf or, or whatever. But if you take too much distance from their story, you're also you're not connecting the people to the animals. You don't get them emotionally involved. And let's be honest. I mean, the hard thing is uh, for 
for example, there's a there's a hunting scene in this movie where a fox is is, is chasing a little um, uh, uh, a little wild pig, or I think they they call this a wild boar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, wild boars. Um, and in, in the end, I'm sorry to spoil this, but the fox gets this little piglet. Um, and of course, it's sad for the piglet, but I should not go too emotional there because you see the fox coming back to his foxhole, and there are three little foxes there. So if they didn't have their piglet to eat, they would die. So there's always an an, uh, an every downside. There's an upside for another animal. So you can tell that that is tension. You can tell that it's sad, but but not too much because it's you know you're. You don't want to pick sides in, in a nature documentary, or at least I didn't want to do this in this one. Oh, yeah. um, so, so this is why the music has a little bit of an, a different role than, than maybe normal. My approach, or the, the approach of the filmmakers, were to use three like main characters. You had the deers, you had the foxes, and you had the wild boars, the wild pigs. Um, and musically, I wanted to give them, well, not maybe a melody, but, but I want to give them like a vibe, an orchestration, a color, if you'd like. So my deer was more majestic um, and also a little bit mysterious. I recorded a lot of solo oboe for that and and changed this with reverbs and delays and and weird effects too. You know, you can hear it's a real instrument, but there's there's a little bit uh, mysterious something going on. And and they're very majestic beasts, so so I, I really played with that. It's also maybe... Uh, I have to say this correctly, but one of the few times you hear piano uh, with them, They're, one of their themes is with piano. And then you have the fox, who's much more clever and sneaky, and and you know they're they're a little bit also the music is a little bit more sneaky in this sense.
and the wild pigs, the boars are funny and rude. So so I got a lot of low wood winds doing a little bit of funny stuff to to emphasize that. but I also wanted to have one theme, you know, as it were, the theme of the landscape where everything was happening. Um, like, this is this is our arena where everything happens, and this arena is this nature area in Holland. So I wanted to give this arena a theme, and this is, like, the, the, the most prominent melody in the whole score. Um, and this this was, for me, also, it had, had to be a little bit... Um, it should be able to to transport or, or bend to different kind of emotions, but it also should establish the majesty of the whole landscape, the literal landscape, but also the non-literal landscape. Um, so I wrote that theme, and and you know it, it worked in my opinion. It stuck to the, to the screen, and every time we go from one story to another, from one character to another, or maybe sometimes from season to season, I have this melody uh, playing to remind the viewer, as it were, like okay. Guys, Guys, we're still here. We're still in this arena. We're still in this nature area. Uh, but now we're going from character one to character two. So that was my choice, and then there are a lot of side characters, uh, animals you see only once or have a very small role in the whole system. Um, and I give them a little bit less orchestral colors. I have, for example, uh, some guitars in there or ethnic flutes, just to keep um, to 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 not tire the ears of the listener with the same colors the whole time. To keep it a little bit fresh. So with those ingredients, I started scoring and and. Um, you have, of course, there's four years, four and a half years of production going on, so everybody's a little bit nervous when it comes to music because the music is going to be very important in this movie. Um, so you've got a lot of involvement, but thankfully the producer and the director, they they really really trusted me on this, and of course, they, you know, I changed things, but, but overall they were extremely uh, happy of, of what we were doing. Oh yeah, that sounds absolutely fascinating, and it was great listening to the score. You know, without much context, of course, you had the titles, mm -hmm. so there was a little bit of uh, of of direction. You know, where I was like, okay, this 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 sounds appropriate for for a fox or a yeah. wild boar or something like that. But still, like yeah. um, just imagining the the scenarios play uh, play out, and I am very very comfortable with that because I pretty much always listen to the score before I go see a movie. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. when, whenever whenever I get the chance to listen to the music first, I will do it because it's um, because it gives me later 
um, when I watch the movie a little bit more of reference point where I can pick out the score again, which I listen to in isolation first. And also it's fun listening to it and imagining what happens. And sometimes I'm actually very, very accurate with my predictions, uh, which is great. Like I, I, I imagine a certain scenario with the music and then I go see the movie and then it turns out, oh, this is exactly what I imagined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a very interesting way of first listening to the score and then the movie. I like to do it the other way around. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I can totally see both sides, but I'm whenever I have yeah. a chance, and sometimes I don't have a chance to listen to it first, and so I then I go see the movie, and then I'm like, oh, this music is amazing, and then I you know, and then I yeah. immediately buy the score and all of that, but uh, but it's 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 great uh, doing it the other way around sometimes because yeah, it's, yeah. Um, I went to there was a funny story where I went to see Trolls, the DreamWorks Trolls movie with my little brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, because they pushed the the song album so much, I didn't expect much of a score there. Where I was like, okay, they really concentrate on the songs, on the on the pop music album, and all of that. So I'm maybe the the score has kind of fallen to the wayside. And then it's the opening scene when the when the trolls escape, when the trolls escape their big enemies, the Bergen, and uh, the composer is Christoph Beck, and he uses for the escape, he uses this big rousing. Uh, action theme you know full orchestral and i was sitting there immediately leaning forward in my seat i was like oh what's this <laughs> yeah that's great yeah yeah did, didn't expect that kind of music in this film and uh, so that was a pleasant surprise It's it's great. It's it's funny, funny. It's a funny way. Of course, I have, every now and then I listen to a score also before seeing the movie. But I try to see the movie and then um, yeah, and then then check out the score if I want to. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I'm I'm so glad that uh, Wild as a score got uh, so much recognition online. Yeah. Um, like I said, I mean, without the recognition, I probably wouldn't have uh, found it uh, this early for uh, for myself. And I'm so glad I did. And um, it's it, it's just, uh, I, I wished more documentary scores were available like this. You know, you have certain composers who did a lot of great work and uh, you're, you're, you describing the process sounded interesting too because it's uh, it's true of a lot of documentaries. You have voice over here and there, but for the most part, the, the music is kind of guiding yeah. you. And you have to find the perfect balance to not going too Mickey Mousey. Yes, and, <laughs> yes, and what's also interesting, I... I... I realized that I didn't tell this. Um, the documentary was uh, also a little bit um, chopped into the seasons, of course. We begin in the winter, we go to spring, we go to summer, and we go back to autumn, and the movie ends in the winter again. You know, that's the circle of life. Mm-hmm. And musically, um, of course, I wanted to emphasize that as well uh, a little bit. And, um, you know, we start in the winter, and musically, you, I try to every now and then um, play the music as if the snow f- Falls, you know, like like little, you know, as if you have the snowflakes falling down. And in the spring, it was a lot of emphasizing the um, the young animals that are being born, you know. So you have this jump, jumping, a lively musical feeling.
and summer is a little bit more um, also maybe a little bit more dangerous because the deers are fighting over the woman's uh, some of them will will get to mate and some of them even die because of the fighting so this is a different uh, thing but for example the autumn I really wanted to have the feeling that you can feel the wind blowing through the music as well and it was for me it was too easy to use a lot of woodwinds you know that's a little bit too one-on-one so <laughs> what I eventually did is, is I don't know if, if it's a thing in Germany as well but in Holland as a kid I had you can it's, it's almost like a, a tube of a vacuum cleaner like this plastic round tube and if you spin it around very quick it starts to generate a, a noise oh, it yeah. starts the wind starts blowing through this so I, I ordered like 12 of them and cut them all in the different uh, uh, keys or the different notes um, of skill or uh, and, and I use them a lot in in the autumn to literally blow have the wind blowing through the music so I, I would stay away from synthetic pads or, or whatever and just use them to 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 really create a feeling of, 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 of autumn in the music Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, so uh, going that deep, you know, go, going away from the orchestra and actually doing some some uh, sound experiments. But that's great. I, yeah. I, I love it when composers do this, you know, when it, when it works effectively. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I think there's a track. Yeah, Seduction. It starts with, with, with this, with, with, the, with the tubes. And I process them a little bit. But, um, yeah, with a, with a vacuum cleaning tube, <laughs> vacuum cleaner tube spinning around very quick and then generate this tone and then on top of this you have the uh, alto oboe doing uh, uh, solo It totally works, and and it's this kind of uh, interesting sound experiment that doesn't take you out of it. You know, it, it just becomes yeah. a part of a score. You know, with some with, with some scores, you are just kind of like they they use maybe like a certain noise or or a sound, and you are immediately like, oh oh, what's that? You know, it kind mm -hmm. of uh, takes you out of it. But but yeah. not here, yeah. not here. I couldn't. You know, I I, I realized that it's something kind of unusual but I couldn't I couldn't quite place yeah. it and it just became part no, of it I, did, I, I think almost I mean of course 
there are some synthetic in the score, but I wanted to do as much organic as possible. So, so a lot of percussion is uh, is real. A lot of percussion is even me uh, rubbing my hands. You know, you have to when you when you rub your hands, you know, with the skin. Um, there's a lot of that in the scores. Uh, a lot of well, the, the the thing I said, the the the, the vacuum cleaning tube, but you know, almost everything is is real and gives you the feeling that it's organic and sometimes when you have a lot of synthetic things in it um, I mean I'm a big fan of synthetic things but for this I wanted to keep it as organic as possible and, and somehow I've, I have a feeling that, that it's that it's coming through you know that, that, that it, it that I'm that I make my point there in the, in the music that it's very organic and therefore hopefully it matches the nature Oh yes, absolutely. I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Um, uh, I I would like to ask you: um, Are there uh, are there already, um, if you're allowed to talk about that, any future projects coming up or are currently in the works? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, um, there's a, a one uh, art house. Well, not even art house. It's a very interesting psychological thriller. I think um, that I just finished, and it's very interesting because I'm almost doing everything myself. I work with a cello player and a theremin player on the Oh, nice. Score. Um, it's a very, very, um, yeah, it's not, not the regular kind of score, and I really enjoy that process. And apart from that, um, next year I'm going to score three movies, uh, uh, or three movies are already under contract that I'll score them, and, and one TV show. And hopefully... Um, Hopefully also, but that's not 100% certain, but hopefully also another nature documentary again. Oh, that's great. That, that's, that, that sounds like yeah. a lot of stuff uh, to look forward to, and uh, I, I certainly will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. It's, um, you know, it's when you, when, because I work in Holland, uh, um, there's a lot of romantic comedies being made here, a lot of kids' movies, but, but next year is, is going to be mainly a little bit more the serious drama, serious um, psychological things. Um, so for me, it's 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 exciting to to have a little bit. I wouldn't say serious work because a romantic comedy is musically serious or very much serious as well. But um, you know, a little bit more uh, psychological things, and I'm really looking forward to that. And of course, um, I'm already in my head. I'm already composing a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, I, I can totally relate because in, in Germany, there's also just a lot of a lot of um, either like. Um... Uh, comedies or, or kids movies being made you know if it's just the yeah. pretty, pretty much the field uh, that the country operates in. and so I so I can totally relate to that yeah <laughs> yeah no, absolutely so so and and you know it's it's logical to uh, to have this because you know people want to see this um, uh, it's a very big commercial thing but next year is gonna be um, uh, yeah it's gonna be exciting year again well, oh yeah absolutely on that note um, uh, I would like to ask, and that's what I uh, always ask uh, the composers uh, I, I have as guests here. Um, is there like uh, what would be your kind of dream project? What kind of genre would you love to score one day? Well, <laughs> very cliche, maybe, but I would love to do a James Bond. Oh. Um, <laughs> because you know the material is already there uh, and it's brilliant, and you're stepping into the foot steps of amazing composers um so no I, I would love to do that uh, but but you know uh, um i would like to do 
um, I think Howard Shore did an amazing job on a movie like Seven or Silence of the Lambs, you know. And then um, the cool thing, or even uh, Goldsmith on Basic Instinct, the cool thing there is that musically, the music is, as it were, almost a, a character on its own because the music is not telling what you see. The music is telling the story you don't see. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's 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 always wonderful to do. Um but to be honest with you, and this sounds very cliche, um, when you have a passionate filmmaker, a passionate director or producer um, telling extremely passionate about their project and you know that, that this will turn out good, doesn't matter if it's a romantic comedy, kids movie, a horror or a drama or whatever, it's, it's, it's nice to do, it's interesting to do because they will lift you, you and your work to a higher level. Um, oh, yeah. And that's, that's the most important thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, that doesn't sound cliche at all. You know, it sounds absolutely logical. Whatever the project is, whatever the genre is, when there's a passion behind it and uh, and everything, yeah. and you you want to turn it out to be great and, and all of that, and yeah. when it comes out and it, it works, no, ev every genre can can I get the best out of you. I think the most important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's very important, or yeah to to be aware of is not to do too many genres, same genre genre films uh, back to back, you know, uh, uh, two years ago I did three or four romantic comedies back to back and this is, um, of course the, the films were completely different but somehow you're a little bit more into the same corner over and over again and this is, you know, you, the good thing or at least what I really love is the diversity doing a romantic comedy and then a thriller and then a kids movie because it keeps you fresh and brings you new ideas. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, and some 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 composers kind of like um, went into a certain direction, kind of stuck there, and, and, and did a, did a great job with that as well. Sure, you yeah. know, um, which which is always great when you find when you kind of like find your your niche. But uh, I can see I can see the, um, the the thing of like no, I, I want to branch out. I want to try different things and all of that. You know, but both of those um, worldviews are totally relatable, completely. So no, I don't have a like a dream project, but. Uh... Yeah, again, a movie like Seven or Silence of, Seven or Silence of the Lambs would be great. Um, but again, if you work with passionate people, it's it's always a joy. Oh, that's that's absolutely true. Um, so, and and then I would uh, I would like uh, to know, even though you know you, you you told me that you don't listen that much to certain film scores anymore. But did you listen to any uh, special scores this year? And and would uh, you of kind course. of what 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 would recommend or would like to see get some recognition? Well, I, you know, I, I love The Shape of Water, uh, this plot. Mm -hmm. I think it's a very good score. Um, it's, for me as a composer, it's very interesting to see how he incorporates the water or into his music because to this first track, um, if you would not know the movie was called Shape of Water, um, it's almost like you're still underwater, you know, you, you feel a little bit the waves or, or the motion of the ocean, you have the upwards, do, 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 almost like you see bubbles going up. It's brilliantly done. Um, and I'm just a sucker for his, his style, you know, his signature. I love it.
But apart from that, I really enjoyed Ready, Ready Player One. Oh yeah, um, that's, that was one of my favorites too. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, let's face it. Uh, um, I grew up um, watching movies like Hook or The Goonies, and um, I think this is the same kind of formula. The young, the group of young people against the the, the corporate world or the big bad pirates or or, or the, the the big mafia guys in The Goonies. So it's the same kind of concept, and to have Alan Silvestri score this, that's that's just a joy to listen to. And and when I was in the cinema, and he quotes his own part of the Zemeckis cube and he does the ba 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 da you know the, the hint you back to the future I was you know I was almost standing on my chair applauding and crying you know it was it was so cool absolutely yeah so I really enjoyed that one For me, um, last week I went to the new Fantastic Beast movies, and I mean, I'm, I'm to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not a huge uh, wizard or a fan, or you know, movies like Lord of the Rings. You, we talked, you talked about it's, I, I, it's, I don't have that magical feeling that some of some people, as yourself, probably have with with those kind of things. But but to go to a Fantastic Beast and to have James Newton Howard use uh, Williams themes. But also much more his own stuff, which reminded me a little bit of the Atlantis kind of vibe, mm-hmm. and this is the reason why I fell in love with film scoring. That's just for me. There was there was a joy to to watch that movie and to be blown away by his beautiful colors and textures in the orchestra. You know, that was that was great. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I loved that score too. I had a, I had a lot of fun with that music. That was the most recent uh, score review I did and I okay. it, it was yeah. interesting uh, picking the new themes out and how he rearranges uh, his older ones and all of that it was no it, that one was a lot of fun it was so so lively and uh, energetic and uh, full of drama and uh, yeah. magic too like uh, the, the score really uh, really can elevate so much and with him it's uh, it's one of the best examples yeah but he's he's such an amazing composer he's he's I think he's uh this sounds maybe very cliche and stupid, but where Jerry Goldsmith stopped, he, he went on in a, in a way in certain things with orchestral colors and then his his way of writing action cues. It's sometimes it's very Goldsmith alike, and and I, I yeah I've, I really appreciate that. Such a diverse composer too. Did so many genres, and but whenever he does fantasy, he he he, he comes to life a little bit more. Even you know, uh, even if yeah. he does like yeah, drama absolutely. or sci-fi, uh, he does that really well. But whenever it's something fantastical, it's just it it's, it immediately it jumps jumps on you, and yeah, you can't absolutely. can't help it. You you just be, yeah. To, to be honest with you, to to hear some of it. His romantic comedy work as well is is great. You know, it's it's he's a uh, and, and I love his stuff. For, M. Night Shyamalan movies, you know, to be honest with you, um, 
for for a lot of years when he did this uh, when I was reading there would be a new M. Night Shyamalan movie I would be not, not very exciting because of the movie but exciting like yes there's another James Newton Howard score for an M. Night Shyamalan movie yeah you know that's uh, <laughs> that's, that's great he, I think Signs is, is, is unbreakable but also Lady in the Water which I don't care for that movie but the music is, is brilliant yeah yeah Signs especially that's such a That's such a great score, uh, yeah. absolutely. And um, I saw that perform performed live. I think uh, yeah. this year as well, and it was it was very very amazing um, listening to that in a, in a concert hall. But yeah, and I I what I listened to. Um, if if you want to listen to if if you don't know him already to a great um, soundtrack podcast. Um, go out and listen to a sideshow sound theater they are on itunes and they have their own website as well they are they are composers themselves and they talk about they talk about um scores i was a guest on there and sometimes they do score guides where they just go through the score you know title for title and uh and mm. analyze it and uh, they did one for science and um one of the the first finale cue they mentioned as this is the perfect film music uh, film music track to uh, play to people who are not familiar with film music to figure out if yeah. they love film music or not and i couldn't actually i couldn't agree more it's a, it, that would be a great example to show them the power of, you know the, the narrative power of film music oh yeah absolutely no because that last that uh, almost last few i think it's the hand of faith or something um you know it goes through all these emotions by discovering the alien to kids having an asthma attack to Mel Gibson having the flashback of his woman dying and uh, to back to the alien and fighting the alien and winning you know and this is all in a three four, four minute period of time you know and it yeah. goes musically it goes along with the narrative so well Appreciate about this score a lot is, um, and this is as a as a as a composer as a student uh, is super interesting to see that he based this whole score around a three note motif, yeah. and it works so well. It, it's everything around this is of course changing, but the three note motif it stays, and and that's you know you, you don't need much more if you do it well. You know sometimes less is more, and and these three notes are as effective as can be there's not a note too little and another note too much you know? yeah it's it's all over right. the score but that's the that's the foundation yeah. of it all and it, it works so well you're totally right <laughs> so um it's brilliant absolutely so um it was uh, let me tell you it was really fun um geeking out with another composer about this genre of music <laughs> we we love so much Uh, it's always great hearing yes. uh, opinions uh, from somebody who actually uh, works in that field because I myself I don't make music myself I'm a consumer and a critic but I'm mm -hmm. uh, I, I do it on a I hope 
very professional level and um, I, I just love uh, reviewing them listening to them and uh, you know rating them into my into my little lists and all of that and uh, let me tell you I had a tremendous amount of fun uh, talking with you about all of this and uh, if, if people are interested in your works where can uh, people find you online yeah well you, you can go to my website that's uh, which is probably a hard name but I hope when they are listening to this podcast they will see this on the title yes yes <laughs> so uh, I, will, I will link this. I will link the website of course too <laughs> yeah, yeah no no there and, and of course on social media I'm present as well and um, you know so um, yeah, you can find me there. And on, on Spotify, there are some uh, releases. And next year, they'll be, uh, I'll release a couple of more scores. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, guys, if you if you listen to this, you weren't familiar with the music, you listened to uh, uh, some of it during the course of this episode, please, please check it out. It's uh, Wild is such a wonderful score, and uh, the other work uh, you did is is great as well. And uh, I am I'm so happy uh, I'm so happy I dis uh, I'm so happy I discovered you, and I will look forward to uh, all the next projects. And um, thank you so much for uh, being a guest on here. It was really great talking to you. Well, thank you very much for the invitation. It was my pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> so, dear listeners, you can find me, of course, on social media, on Facebook and Twitter, at Lasse Vogt. I have a YouTube channel, The Deppert, or if you just type in Lasse Vogt. I write German score reviews for scoregeek.wordpress.com. Um, and this podcast you can find on iTunes and SoundCloud, uh, Fans About Films. I just can repeat myself. Thank you. Thank you again so much. Uh, had, had a lot of fun. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> and uh, dear people, that's it. Thanks for listening. And we wish you a wonderful day. And until next time. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>